What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Go Long Show. I'm Tyler Dunn here with Jim Monas. Go Long at golongtd.com. We're also on Substack, right in your email inbox. Fueled completely by our readers over at the site. And when it comes to the Go Long Show, Jim, we've got to thank our good friends at Fatty Beer, Orchard Park, Hamburg, Downtown, Kenmore, Tonawanda, way out there in Columbus as well. They're everywhere. And what a better time. Hey, it's getting a little colder out there. Grab your seasonals. I didn't like porters for the longest time. I think we've covered this in years past, Jim. Starting to become porter season, right? It's getting a little colder. I like it. I always felt like with beer, it's like wine. It, it's There's no right answer. It's what you like. And if, if it's not your thing, you don't have to drink it because of the season. Like you don't have to drink red wine with steak. Yes, it's great if you do. But if you don't like red wine, you don't have to do that. So it's okay, Tyler. You can back off on the porter. All right. I like it. Um, there are going to yeah, be some teams, I think, in the AFC that – may need to drown themselves in alcohol pretty soon. This this conference is just getting funky. Oh. I think we need to kind of take a heat check and realize all right, what figure out I should say, what which which teams are contenders? Which teams could realistically win this thing and which teams are going to fade away? It was a strange weekend again in that conference. It, it makes me think what teams are drinking porter. A heavy amount of porter last night. 10%ers. Yeah, I, I the first team that came to my mind, not that they're a playoff team, but the, the team that needs to continue to drink is Carolina, the, the Porter. That's not a real team, but we'll get into that. But yeah, Tyler, I think the AFC has become uh, different than a couple of weeks ago, even when we did our little midseason kind of where's everybody at. All of a sudden, we're looking at possibilities of the Chargers not making the playoffs, which means Herbert and Burroughs injury. We're losing some big-time quarterbacks right now in the AFC, which we talk about how do you get past that hill, that mountain of quarterbacks right there, two aren't playing. So now if you're the Bills, any team, the key is to is get in. It's just get in the playoffs, however you can get in at this point, because it's Lamar, it's Josh, it's Mahomes, and everybody else. And, and, and as long as the Bills have Josh Allen healthy, if they can find a way to get in, they're going to be one of the teams that are going to be fighting for the Super Bowl, just like we talked about. Hard to believe, but when you're eliminating Burrow and Herbert, you're opening the door for other people. We probably should start there with the Bills. Uh, obviously, we're we're here in Western New York. We feel that gravitational pull to to Bills talk. Uh, we haven't done a pod in a, in a while. Uh, admittedly, got a little crazy busy. You know what? It's always the balance with go along, Jim, over at the site because it's a long form site. I want to chip away at stories, you know, the deep dives on teams and player profiles and to travel around the country, sit down with these guys, then transcribe everything, map out a story, write a story. I want to make sure, you know, we're investing the time that our readers deserve, you know, when they invest in the site. So that can take a week, two, three, and every every so often during the course of a season, I just need to kind of hit pause. So last week I told Jim, all right, we, we're just going to have to hit pause on the go long show for a week because I'm uh grinding. I'm trying to think of a better verb, but God, I, I hate yeah. rise and grind. Isn't that the worst? You know, Tyler, we tried to get rid of that word. And when we were in the NFL, yeah, I got to, I got to do 15 pushups yeah. for even thinking about that word. You're good. You dropped the, you dropped the pick. 
Yeah. Hey, what can, what can you do? You know, it's six fifty-seven a.m. I'm one coffee and I'll work on it. But yes, that that's why you didn't get a podcast last week, everyone. But we're back. We're here, and it was definitely a uh, probably not the best week for us to miss a podcast because a lot of shit went down here in Orchard Park with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Ken Dorsey canned by Sean McDermott. Joe Brady elevated. 34-year-old interim offensive coordinator. His past has been well-documented. He worked with Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, and, you know, basically an NFL team at LSU. Did a hell of a job. You got to give him credit. He, he had a say in all that. Didn't go so well with the Carolina Panthers. So then I believe right when Brian Dable went to the New York Giants, Ken Dorsey's elevated offensive coordinator. They bring in Joe Brady, and now Dorsey's out. Brady's in because obviously if you have four turnovers on offense, um, that's, that's coaching. And if you have 12 men on the field on a kick that misses, which gives that team an opportunity at another kick, that's obviously on the offensive coordinator too. So I kind of threw out there that it was uh, unbelievably weak and predictable. And there were a lot of people that agree, but there were a lot of people that disagreed that, and I get it. Look, Ken Dorsey is not the second coming of Bill Walsh. Okay. That's obvious. This has not been a smooth season for the offense. That's obvious. It just did seem at that time, like a peculiar weak move to assign blame yet again to somebody else. Um, that being said against a good jets defense and a, I don't honestly, Jim, I don't know if Zach Wilson gets a nod from the XFL at this point. I mean, I really in our in our chat, Colin brought that up. He goes, I think I think that Zach could benefit from going to the XFL. I, I don't really think a roster would take him. So it's not a real football offense over there with the Jets. They're they have conceded. Robert Sala has decided to wave the white flag. We hate you, defense. We we literally hate you and we don't want to win games. We're going to continue to trot out a quarterback who is, isn't just the worst quarterback in the NFL. He's one of the worst quarterbacks we've seen play this many games ever, but it's a good defense and the offense looked pretty good for Buffalo. I don't think it's time to, you know, have the confetti rain upon all of Western New York. It's the jets, but you got Philly, Kansas city coming in hot. Sandwiched around a bye. We're going to learn a lot about Joe Brady and the Bills now. But anyways, I kind of was rambling on and on. Jim, what were your thoughts? Because you've been hitting on this. I mean, you, more than anybody locally that I know, um, and, of course, you worked in personnel with the Bills. Scout with the Saints, scout with the Eagles, all of this. So you know more than than anybody with access to a social media account. That is always funny to me. What do you know? Well, yeah. James knows quite a bit, you know, he's been in, he's been in front offices, but what was your take on the firing of Ken Dorsey? Because you pointed out that this offense actually has been fine. Most of the season. That to me sounds like some type of whatever McDermott wants the offense, however he wants it to look like it wasn't happening for him, whatever that was, it wasn't based on the body of work. The body of work was fine but it was something else missing, whether it was the leadership, whether it was that energy, 
that you see Joe Brady's going to try to bring that you keep hearing everybody talk about, which will go away if they don't score touchdowns. But but it's all good right now. Good week to do it. You know you're not going to get tested on defense. So it's offense. You just got to show up. Don't turn the ball over, which that one interception, who cared about? Um, right. Didn't matter. And I thought that was a good week. It's a good week to do it. Hey, let's get right. Division Jets, we just lost. I don't. That would be my question, Tyler. Would that move have happened if they didn't lose that game? Because that opened, I guess that opened the door. That's kind of a big question to me. Because That's the, the timing of it is is a little hysterical. Like if you don't have 12 men on the field, he's not fired. Funny. Because win or lose, it should happen. Like if that's the move you want to make, the win or loss shouldn't have mattered. Like you just make that move. So anyway, but I didn't notice much. You would maybe notice more on the offense. If you notice anything look different than what it's looked like, I can't say. that. They took some shots, right? Did you see different players getting involved? Like, you know, that's usually when you see a new coordinator, you see different players get involved, you know, guys that he wants to see in certain roles. So it does provide a new wrinkle to, you know, the Eagles, Chiefs, teams they have coming up. I think that, yeah, there, there were 29 uh, targets in all to receivers. Stephon Diggs still got his eight, but I think it was impressive and noticeable that other players got involved. Khalil Shakir is the guy. I think yeah, that's what I noticed. Yeah. it's kind of been this wild card all along. You know, we're thinking it might be Deontay Hardy. We're thinking Trent Sherfield. They they need a third wide receiver to emerge to really allow you to spread things out, I think. Um, you know, Isaiah McKenzie was really open about it on the show where he wins that slot job ahead of the 2022 season. And he's thinking he's going to play that Cole Beasley role. Isaiah did have some drops, then he had the concussion and he returned too soon from the concussion. So, you know, that's all baked into it as well. But they basically with Ken Dorsey eliminated the slot receiver position, like just, and if, if they were going to do something with anybody in there, they just moved Stefan Diggs inside and fed him. I think that if you're going to criticize Dorsey, that's it, right? Like you, you need that safety blanket, somebody underneath the defense that is going to give Josh Allen a safety valve because you don't want to change Josh Allen It's about the most idiotic thing you could possibly do, but you can create an infrastructure where he'll be less inclined to maybe take that shot, that needless shot into heavy traffic. That's exactly what Brett Favre talked about a ton on the show. Like nobody resembles Allen and vice versa like Brett Favre and you point out those numbers. It's eerie how similar the statistics are at this point of their careers, but that's really what Holmgren would do is okay. I know Brett Favre. If I call a play, even if it, even if the first option isn't a receiver 50 yards deep, if that route is part of the concept, if it's in it, he's going to take the shot. So we're just not going to call that. So So that's kind of the version for Josh Allen is have somebody underneath the defense available right in front of him. And that's what you saw, I think, against the Jets. He was okay, constantly taking that throw. You know, Khalil Shakir did have the 81-yarder that busted the game wide open. But Dalton Kincaid, he had six catches for 46. Ty Johnson had three for 47, the former Jet. James Cook, three for 29. You know, I mean, Dick's only had 27 receiving yards, and the offense went nuts. That's the story. Yeah, because you know when it 
when the Eagles and Chiefs come, you're going to need digs. It's okay. That's the, that's the good thing to be able to use other guys in games that you have control of, or you're going to need digs plenty. That's not going away. 17 carries for James Cook, 10 for Latavius okay. Murray. Do you like the um, way they're do you like the way that looked? That looked I thought that may may have looked the best that we've seen as far as the combo. The the um it didn't look forced. It looked like it was kind of they fed off each other a little bit. Because they do have different styles. To have those two guys to be able to use both of them is always nice when you have different styles. I always like that in New Orleans with us. We always had different style backs bringing them in, but they always, you know, it gives the defense a headache if What nobody's going to talk about nearly enough this week, too, is the offensive line. It's not a fun, exciting thing to talk about, but they only hit Allen four times. They only sacked him once. That's the defense they, that embarrasses Bills every were quarterback. To, right. Robert Solid told us they're embarrassing every quarterback. As, you, know what, you, know, you know what sucks when you say something like that is he was, he was kind of right when he said that. He was right. Like, when you looked at the numbers, but – it just you're never gonna let it go. Like it's never gonna. Now it's gonna come up. Like I just brought it up for no reason. But um, <laughs> I thought it was good for the. That is good for the Bills to see when you can protect against that. The way the Jets get after the quarterback to be able to protect Josh in that that scenario, that gives you confidence heading into the big boy schedule coming up. I think that's why we really can't devote a full hour to this game no. because it's. It's hard to really have a, an, an opinion either way. Uh, the Bills are are six and five. They just got through the quote unquote soft stretch of their schedule, and now the gauntlet's ahead. You've got Philly in Philly, <coughs> excuse me, Philly in Philly, and then a bye week. And then you're in Kansas City. Then you're hosting the Dallas Cowboys, who look. Granted, like you said, they didn't necessarily play uh, but, world beaters in, in but Carolina, they have, but they look they really have. good. <laughs> Cowboys at home. At the Chargers, you know, they're a team that's, you know, busting at the seams, but you still you have, have Justin Herbert. You have to show up. The Patriots at home, you, you think that's a win, even though they did beat you earlier in the season. And then at Miami. So really only one game is like, okay, yeah, they'll – take care of business there, New England. The, the rest are going to be up in the air. They're going to be difficult. I think we're going to learn everything we need to learn. Maybe right out of the shoot with these first two games. And I think, remember, it's like this for a lot of teams, not just Buffalo. We're focused on Buffalo, but a lot of teams right now are in that scenario where that's why, that's why things shake. That's why these take different turns. These scenarios take different turns yeah. because the wins and losses of every game now affect your playoff scenario. So you see things change weekly based on a win or a loss now. So it's this, this, is, this is what you're in it for. The league has it right. There are very few teams feeling comfortable right now. Right now, do you think the Buffalo Bills make the playoffs? Yeah, I have to stick with that. I do. That's just based off of the great quarterbacks – they find ways. They're always in the playoffs. No matter what, they're in the playoffs. Whether or not they win the Super Bowl or not, they're in the playoffs. So I'm just going on percentages on what I believe in with Josh Allen. I think they get in. If you're going to ask me how they get in, I can't predict that yet. Now, if I could do that, that's another show. 
Like if I could tell you exactly how who they're going to beat, who they're going to lose to, I would love to know that too. But it's going to it it can play out. They can still fight and get in. That's the thing. I feel a lot better about their chances of of getting in and and winning a game or two if they had a different schedule ahead. I mean, this is going to be this is going to be tough. You know, they played one good quarterback the last 6 games. Joe Burrow. That's it. Yeah, they haven't faced a Jalen Hurts, a Patrick Mahomes, Herbert, to a tongue of Viola, Herbert, a, Dak. The way that offense is Dak. playing, it was forgetting somebody. You're catching teams. It seems right now at the wrong time. A lot can happen week to week. So I, I'm not sure how to answer my own question. But let's look at the AFC this episode, Jim, and figure out. Okay, well, Baltimore has clearly. You know, Baltimore and Kansas City are clearly the the two front runners, right? I mean, you would agree with that. That's not anything tuning into the show to hear Baltimore and KC are good. <laughs> but what is scary about what I love about Baltimore, to touch on them quickly, what I'm seeing the difference in for the first time in years, you see other guys that look just they look are, that are faster than Lamar Jackson on their offense. You're seeing players all over that offense that can run and make plays. It's not just Lamar. It's not just the tight end Andrews, which they're going to miss. They're going to miss big. That's their number one. Um, but they'll figure, hey, great teams, great quarterbacks, they, they figure that out. I like the way that offense looks. It, and, and for the first time, the defense is healthy for Baltimore in years. So that's all seems to come together for Baltimore. Kansas City's doing their thing that they do every year. The defense is better than it's been. They're still working on things on offense on Kansas City. Don't forget that. It doesn't, they're not happy either. Like they're not completely happy yet with where they are. So the the AFC, then after that, it's wide open. Wide open. It's worth mentioning to Baltimore and how they are always evolving under John Harbaugh. Right. Like they just find a way to go and how they draft, how they draft. They drafted these guys, some of these, these, you know, Zay Flowers, um, the running back is flying around the field. Uh, Mitchell Keith Mitchell wasn't even drafted, not right? even drafted. So, I mean, start there. That was one of our features that at go along ahead of the draft. I spoke with him for an hour or so, and I, I don't look. I'm I'm no scout, and I, I've definitely missed on some of these guys, but. I remember talking to him and watching some games. I'm thinking he should at least be drafted like fourth round, fifth round. He can fly. I mean, th- this is a home run hitter in a, in a big play league. I-, I was shocked that he wasn't drafted by anybody. So leave it to Eric DeCosta, John Harbaugh to find him, pair him with Lamar Jackson as a, you know, fourth, fifth uh, running back on your depth chart, just stashed away. And now he's unleashed. So in case you missed that story, you know, a couple of things that he said, you know, I asked him, who, who should we expect when the ball's in your hands? And he pointed to somebody else who came from East Carolina, Chris Johnson. Chris Johnson. It's hard not to think when you hear that school. Chris Johnson, for sure. I like LaDainian Tomlinson. LT is smooth with it. All of us, that first person you see, he's not tackling us. That's our mentality. I'm the next me. I'm that they can compare me to him, speed or whatever. We symbolize each other. Go ahead, throw that in there. When you get the hole, when you see the end zone, it's over with. 
and he kind of runs that way. So Gus Edwards, Lamar Jackson, Zay Flowers, Odell, they'll be fine without Mark Andrews on, on offense. But to go from like Joe Flacco in a traditional offense to but drafting Lamar after Hayden Hurst, as you remind us, right? I remind. <laughs> I know. I still can't get over it. I still can't get over that. But then you you it did take guts to just completely throw out your playbook. It does. Build everything around Lamar Jackson. Greg Roman, you know, we poke fun, but he deserves credit. You know, at the line of scrimmage, he knows he knows what he's doing. He's he's as good as it gets with blocking schemes and and all that. And it showed. So for that time, it was it was perfect for Greg Roman to be the offensive coordinator. Lamar Jackson, the quarterback. Remember, um, why am I drawing a blank? Alabama running back, Heisman Trophy winner. Um not Ingram. Yeah. Mark yeah. Ingram. You know, he even goes for a thousand yards. Uh, so everything's great. It gets stale. It runs its course. And they, they probably pivoted a year or two, probably a year too late, but they did. I mean, they did make the move outs Roman instead. Todd Munkin. They probably paid a little too much for Odell, but you, you draft flowers. You pay Lamar. Finally. Look, they caught a lot of hell, including on this show, for how they dealt with Lamar Jackson. But they they got it done, and that's Get what matters done. most. That's what mattered most. Even on defense. I mean, Wink Martindale, he loves to blitz, right? He gets a little crazy with it. Chaotic. Bodies flying all the different directions. It was great for a while. They kind of had to evolve there, too. And so, Mike, I believe it's Mike McDonald, right? Their, their defensive coordinator. Um, it's, it's a little... Less blitz heavy, less blitz heavy, and and more discipline, and it's better. Like they 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 made a change and it worked. And keeping on the AFC topic with Baltimore, you know the teams like Jacksonville, who we thought for sure were going to make take a step this year, they have not. Houston certainly, you don't. Nobody wants to play Houston right now, but they're not. You know, it's still a rookie quarterback, so you still feel confident in those like beating those teams. I'm saying it's it literally is Buffalo needs to find a way to beat Philly right now. You're in that mode, like hey, let's let's get this win and then see where you know see what happens because it's a good time to play Philly. You're getting Philly off of this game tonight, Monday night football. Philly's in Kansas City, so they're coming back playing on a short week against a hungry Bills team, right. It's a good shot for the Bills to get them. It's a really good point. Their secondary, with all due respect to Reed Blankenship, the ghost, as he told us, who was discarded and ignored, and banished by Nick Saban when he wanted to be an Alabama Crimson Tide, despite the presence of one Reed Blankenship. This is a secondary that you can take advantage of, I think. Yeah, it seems like it has. I mean... It's it's proven that they haven't. It's not like they've been locked down. I got to push back on Jacksonville, though. Come on now. That's the Super Bowl pick here. You're giving so, up on the Jags. I I don't disagree with that. I mean, they're still obviously in the mix. I'm just – I was looking for a little bit more from them this year. I almost feel like they, they kind of evened out. Like they hit their – I was looking for that next step where Trevor – 
it's still there's still inconsistencies with him when you watch him. You still see the superstar throws that yeah. nobody else can, very few people make. But he's not he's not getting the ball in the end zone. He's not finishing drives. He's still having turnovers that don't make sense. Like that's the stuff that worries me with him. I still believe in him. I, I still think he's a good enough quarterback. Is he good enough to beat the big boys? You feel like he could be. Well, I think it's noteworthy that this is when he really turned the corner last year. It's true. There could this is be. When you want to play. This is when you want to start playing. They started finding some answers offensively right around now, last year. It's turned it on. Um, and I think they might have found some answers. I get it. It's the Titans. And we got to slow our roll talking about some of these other AFs. AFC teams. They're, they're not. Titans aren't good on defense, and Levis is not close. But it had to have been refreshing after I mean after that beatdown that you took by the 49ers to let me just pull this up. I didn't watch the, the game in full. I was kind of red zoning in that slot, but yeah, I mean Trevor Lawrence went 24 32 for 262, two touchdowns. They ran for a buck twenty-eight. I think Calvin Ridley going off. It's probably it's has you more excited before. than anything. It's been such a strange year for him. Strange. It was the week before that 49er game was the game that that put me in a bad mood with Jacksonville for other reasons that we probably know about. But you can't coming off a bye week like that, having San Fran come to you and delay an egg, that's surprising. That's yeah. I think that's the part that was surprising. But hey, bounce back, took care of business yesterday. So all is good. I think I, I do think that Lawrence is in that class, though. Know? I think I, agree. I do think he is. With, with, he is passing the football. He has he can throw with those guys. Like he can make the throws that those guys make, but there's more to it. Yeah. Like it's that next, it's that next step where you're, you know, when you get a turnover, you're scoring a touchdown. Don't settle for a field goal. Which would be troublesome if you're still having that conversation three years into his career and you're the first overall pick. I can remember talking to Press Taylor, the OC, about that. And they it's like a, a, a more gentle version of what Sean McDermott was saying in March. Like Sean McDermott just is on NFL Network saying that Josh Allen needs to change his play style, basically needs to inherently change who he is as a quarterback. Still bizarre. It was so refreshing during the Bills game to see signs up. I think one fan had a sign that said, let Josh Allen be Josh Allen. There it is. Like, I oh, think anyways, the most intriguing thing that has come for me for this year is the pressure stat that Ed Oliver has now made the number one stat in football. I've never heard of pressures being the number one stat ever talked about about a player, except for Mike Mamula. A long time ago, Philadelphia Eagles asked Bob about Mike Mamola. Oh yeah, I remember uh, the. Okay, I didn't know if that thing. was too. Young. I don't know if that was too old for you, but he became pressure. He became famous for where he was selected, but never getting sacks, just getting you know pressures. I think it was quarterback hits. Mamola might have been famous for back then. Um, I just love when these you know the pressure stat like he puts pressure on Russell Wilson and Russell's running ten yards down the field like I. That's where pressure – finish the play. Like, pressures are good. Yeah, finishing does matter. Yeah. Finishing matters. Like, that, those short arms, that's why you don't finish for Ed Oliver a lot of times. You're winning the quickness battle, 
but you got to finish that thing too. That's why I said that to really track pressures, when you get a pressure, when you get credit for a pressure, you have to look at that play and see what was the result of that play. Because the pressure, you can get pressure and you, the guy can complete a 25 yard pass. Anyway, I just, that, that has taken on a life this year, but I will say it's nice to see Ed Oliver show up for them. I mean, they have to be happy with that. Well, he is always good for a penalty. So if you're playing the Ed Oliver drinking game, I hope you're yeah. doing okay this morning. That was a, that was a body slam. Yeah. And man. Hey, I think that those should once in a while, be like old school football. Probably didn't need to pile drive him to that extent. Probably didn't need to do that. But what I was going to say is like with Trevor Lawrence, why I think he's close. What Press Taylor said is we just from time to time tell him, be Clark Kent, not Superman. Like to, to your point, there's no need to throw across your body in the red zone like he did against Denver and London last year. Like there's just whatever the whatever the pick is, whatever the turnover is, like just. If he can eliminate that, he can make every throw. Oh, yeah. He does have the weapons around him. They can run the ball. This defense is really interesting. Have you watched how the Jaguars play defense? They stay in base. They don't sub out a lot of times. They'll just keep a linebacker in there. I always want to give them credit as a team that I think is going to be a little bit better than they are on defense. Every time I – like, it's the 49er game that bothers me still from two weeks ago. It should to make it look that easy for them to go in there and make it look easy is that that's strange, but that's one game. It happens. I mean, we talk about it all the time. One game, move on from it. So they have. Here's the thing though. So they've got in the AFC South, you know, the Texans did beat Jacksonville, but Jacksonville was a game up. So this is a huge game at Houston this Sunday. And then you've got the Bengals. Burrowless, and then you have the Browns, Watsonless, with you know maybe the best defense in football, but DTR didn't necessarily inspire hope. <laughs> I mean, we haven't talked about the Browns for a reason, I suppose. We can talk the about Ravens, them. and then the Bucks. The Bucks don't look good. Carlton yeah. Davis, I know you're pretty psyched about that defense. Not a lot of resistance from that defense this year. No. Then the Panthers. So, I mean, unbelievably winnable games for Jacksonville. I mean, the Ravens will be tough, but I could easily see them winning every other game. The You brought up Cleveland. The only thing I want to mention with Cleveland is I hope Miles Garrett can get somehow get into this MVP race, you know, just for – it's the right thing to do this year. It's just not a quarterback MVP year unless you want to give it to Lamar. If they finish strong, you know, if they just dominate down the stretch and – you know, unless one of these quarterbacks takes over, I just, man, it'd be nice to see Garrett or like we said before, TJ Watt, one of those guys that. Why is that? Like, why does it, everybody just says, well, it's a quarterback award. So it has to be a quarterback, but no, it it doesn't have to. No, those teams are the, we've talked about it. The bizarro world Seinfeld teams, like those teams are good because of Watt and because of Garrett, just like the other teams are good because of Mahomes, because of Josh Allen. They're the quarterback of those teams. So they deserve to be in the mix. Makes no sense. Miles Garrett is at 13 sacks through 10 games. So who knows? Could flirt with the sack record. Four forced fumbles. 
23 quarterback hits, Jim's favorite stat. He just, and if it, I think it's the eyeball test, right? Like if you just watch a Browns game, like he, he is the most valuable player for that team, clearly. You can just there is ask no any, chance they're seven and three without Miles Garrett. If, so that's the question. If you don't have Miles yeah. Garrett, what's their record? Yeah, any team that plays the Browns, any offensive coordinator, offensive line coach, ask how they prepare for the Browns. It it would just be like preparing for any – it would be like preparing for Tyree Kill as a defensive coordinator. How do you stop him? Man. So. Is it worth talking about the Browns? I mean, should they be considered no. a no. team to be yeah. afraid of at all in the AFC? Yeah. Yes, because defense keeps you in every game. So then anything can happen. So, yes. Anytime you have a defense, that means you're in the game. I just can't – I don't see how these quarterbacks would ever be good enough. You want I, Another guy we, we talked about briefly last time we did the pod because you did the story on Sam Howe. Like, that's my point. Like, a game like yesterday with Washington, that's, that's unacceptable. Like, that Giants defense hasn't been good all year. How does that happen? Like that's the difference between, and I'm just, I'm not trying to nitpick, but that's what separates the quarterbacks. Like you can't, you can't have that happen. Can't be on you. Can't be on you. Three interceptions. Doesn't really matter if you're leading the league in passing yards. That's, that's, that's why that's the game away to an inferior opponent. Exactly. But not. Like I'm not trying out. to knock him. I'm trying to just say the gap between. I don't want to come across it because I do like what Sam Howell's done. I just I want the gap between the true, true quarterbacks and the guys that are system quarterbacks. You know, it's crazy when you look at the Browns' schedule. So they're seven and three. Uh, they the first game against Pittsburgh. Remember in week two, there was two defensive touchdowns for Pittsburgh. So there's a game that Deshaun Watson just handed. They they lost in some like just crushing fashion to the Seattle Seahawks with those plays at the end. I mean, they easily could be nine and one right now (laughs) with, you know, D plus to D quarterback play. Yeah. It wasn't like Watson was playing well. No, no. And even lest we forget that Nick Chubb had that horrific injury in week two. You haven't had the player who makes everything go on offense. Agree. I mean, I think Kevin Stefanski at bare minimum has has saved his job and then some. Uh, they've got this albatross of a Watson contract, which you you're stuck with him. There's nothing they can do with him. Mm-hmm. You're stuck. That's all right. They they knew that when they did it. Yeah, don't feel any uh sympathy, obviously, for the Browns with that one. But look at their schedule. I know we could probably do this with a lot of teams, but this looks <laughs> like it looks I think they're gonna sneak into the playoffs. You've got at Denver, at the Rams, home against the Jaguars, home against the Bears, at the Texans, home against the Jets, at the Bengals. Like they're really good. I think they'll get the team. 10 wins. They'll get the 10. They'll win three yeah. out of there. You don't want nobody's gonna want to play them. You don't want to play teams that play defense. I kind of bring all of these different teams up too, Jim, because I think if you're a Bills fan listening to this podcast, that's where you're a little worried. As good as Josh Allen looked, as different as this offense looked with Joe Brady, um, when you look at the games ahead for the Bills and the ground that they have to make up still, and then you look at some of these teams that have a little bit of a head start, like Cleveland, and you look at that schedule, I don't think the Bills are going to be surpassing Cleveland. 
Jacksonville, Houston could both get in. My Pittsburgh Steelers. Do we dare talk about the Steelers? Yeah, we talk about them the same way we talk about them every week. Uh, they're, they're doing some amazing things with a backup quarterback. Coach, you give him coach of the year, whatever. That, that's incredible what they do. Kenny Pickett. Mm. I've been trying. I keep trying. I don't see it. Well, frustration is boiling over. For those who missed it, Najee Harris had a few things to say after the game. Did you catch this, Jim? I did not. Let's just pull it up. Yeah, so he uh, he said he's, quote, unquote, tired of the Steelers' struggles. There's just a lot of stuff that goes around that you guys don't see, Najee Harris said. I guess I'm trying to say it's just I'm just to the point where I'm just tired of this shit. So Najee Harris, not, not holding back. Quote, you could do two things, he said. You could look at the record and say, okay, we're still good right now. Or we could look at the record and be like, if we keep playing this type of type of football, how long is this shit going to last? I look at it like, how long is this shit going to last? Y'all can look at it like it's a good record, but I mean, it's the NFL. Winning how we did, it's not going to get us nowhere. Hard to argue with the points from one Najee Harris. I tend to look for the beauty, you know, in, in these in these wins. These ugly wins like they had against yeah, Green Bay two weeks prior. But right, he's correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to get where if your if your goal is the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's you're faking you just gotta click on offense. Yeah, you're faking yourself playing like this. So this we it's a lot of teams are Carolina, Jets, you're, you're anybody on defense, you gotta the Steelers players on defense that don't say anything. That's impressive. That's Najee Harris saying it because he feels it on offense. They have to look those guys in the face. It's hard. Well, here's your stat of the day, Jim. So the Pittsburgh Steelers have scored 166 points this season. Uh, only two teams in the entire NFL have scored less than that. That would be the New York Giants. I should say the New York Zombie Giants down to Tommy DeVito. They're at 149, and the Carolina Panthers, which you referred to as not a real football team, at 163. Not, so offensively, really. those are the only two teams you've scored more points than. Uh, you know, it's, maybe maybe that's what you need if you're the Steelers. You need a player, a starter, just calling this out. You, it's ugly. I tried watching you, that game, and it was hard, man. So when you watch Josh Dobbs play for Minnesota and you watch DeVito play for the Giants, this is my point on stop blaming offensive lines, stop blaming everything. Why are these guys able to come in with no knowledge of the offense and their teams have success? That's my point. How can the Giants look better with DeVito than they do Daniel Jones? That's a Daniel Jones issue. Like, that's not like you, if that's my issue, I don't think it's always like, yeah, Jones, they don't have great protection for Daniel Jones. Nobody else does either. Like, let, let the quarterbacks make plays. Like, that's what they're paid to do. Don't baby these guys. Um, and I like when I see DeVito do that, that's pretty cool. Like he, he was taking, he was getting a hard think if you're the Jets, wouldn't you rather have DeVito right now than Zach Wilson in a heartbeat? You just took the words out of my mouth. It's it, it blows my mind to zoom out and compare the Jets quarterback situation to anybody else. Like you're not even 
You can't. You're not even point. trying. Like, is the is the yeah. goal that Zach Wilson somehow keeps you in this discussion that we're having until Aaron Rodgers, you know, has this miracle recovery? Maybe ayahuasca. Who who the hell knows what he's taken to cure this Achilles? I, that's what you're holding out your hope for. That he'll he'll keep you at 500, and then Aaron comes back and saves the day. Like, okay, even if the, the goal is to win games and to be productive as an offense, oh, man, that was pathetic. I mean, he's he's falling down on his ass as he's, like, listening to the play call. Did you see that? Like, he's yeah. he's backpedaling yeah, and just falls tough. down. That's tough. That's tough. It's tough. tough to give confidence to the team after that. You just – you can't tell me that no. there isn't anybody, like, literally anybody. There's I saw Joe Flacco's getting a look, right? Like, There's Joe Flacco is – there's got to be more. Yeah, Tyler, that, there's got to be more to this. Matt Ryan. I think, I think we talked about it. This came from – something came from up top that he Zach Wilson's playing. There's no coach that would keep putting him out there. I think you're right. I think we do get conspira, cons- conspiracy theory on this. You don't do – no coach would do that to their – especially when you know your defense is good enough the quarterback doesn't turn it over, gets at least one or two first downs. I mean, but we talked about that second week of the season. Zach Wilson's not good enough. So that was on them. You've exhausted your second overall pick. It's over. Like you it's exhausted over. it midway through last year. Yes. And he Maybe stood there year. and refused yeah. to take any blame for an abomination of, 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 a, of a performance against the Patriots, right? Like, if he can't see it, that's the that's what's troubling. It doesn't seem like Zach Wilson even even understands no, how bad it is out there. You know, when he got benched finally for Mike White, right? And who in the hell? No, Tim Boyle. I'm getting everybody confused. Mike White's down in Miami now. Right? Yeah, that's right. One of a one of the uh, 29 players that you had to sign that when you fired Aaron Rodgers. You know, that six degrees of separation for Kevin Bacon that game. Um, Everybody would play that actor, Kevin Bacon. You can always connect somebody that was in a movie with him. You could do that with the Jets quarterbacks. Connect the who who are the backup quarterbacks that, that have been with the Jets. Mike White, Tommy Boyle, Joe Flacco. Who has tried to replace Zach Wilson in the last? <laughs> isn't it? Is isn't it wild though? Like well, Wilson is it, it prob- the conversation around the New York Jets. It probably it begins and ends with Zach Wilson and how just awful he is. But the dead weight that you took on when you traded for Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. it, it's holding them back as well. I mean, I, Randall Cobb I is a is a healthy scratch. Billy Turner is injured. He he didn't give you anything. He's another buddy. Al Lazard had that huge drop. They're in the red zone. They're driving. Zach Wilson actually puts it on Alan Lazard. He drops it. Four years, forty-four million for him. You know he's a number four receiver. He's maybe a number three. So if you're the Jets, if you're, my question would be: Does Hackett get that job without Aaron Rodgers? And Hackett, and Hackett is the that's, ultimate dead weight here. That's my yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, because I th- I'm pretty sure I've seen the Denver Broncos. I'm pretty sure they're relevant right now with the same quarterback that couldn't play last year that Hackett had in Denver. I just, how, how is he, how, I just want to know, would he have got that job without 
somehow he's allowed, he's the only guy allowed to coach Aaron Rodgers. I don't understand it, but I, I just, all of a sudden now, like you said, you have Lazard on the team. Would Lazard have been on the team without Rodgers? No, no. And dropping balls. I mean, come on. Randall Cobb should be out of the NFL. I mean, I, I chuckled at the Adam Schefter report Sunday morning saying that the Jets are going to make a run at Devontae Adams next year, which of course they are. Course. But I was just wondering, does that like, do you then move Randall Cobb to a, a coaching position? Does he become <laughs> like a GA quality control, wide receiver quality control, just because you need him around? You need him around town. You need your buddy there. It's bizarre that a, a functional team, I mean, that's probably the end of it, right? A functional team doesn't continue to start Zach Wilson, and a functional team doesn't just sign players because your quarterback needs his buddies around. I mean, it'd be one thing if if, if Randall Cobb w- warranted a roster spot. He does not. If Lazard warranted 44 mil, he does not. Billy Turner was no good. And then number one is Nathaniel Hackett who we all love as a person, his personality, energetic. If, if you've met him, he's got that magnetic aura to him. I get it. What are we seeing on the field? Not a hell of a lot. Inept. Hey, speaking of Nathaniel one. Hackett, Shane, or Shane, Sean Payton turning it on with the Denver Broncos. That's what I'm trying to say. That's just look, it's right there in front of you, the proof of what coaching matters. I don't, I tell you, I don't, I don't think coaches win games. They can lose games. Before we close up shop, I mean, what did you make of last night's game? Broncos thrilling fashion over so, Cortland Sutton. It, you know, was it five, five field goals? just kind of inching their way through the game. So the, the Vikings, they're driving up 17 to nine driving. And they're, they're poised to go up 24 to nine, I believe late in the third, early fourth. Anyways, then you have a turnover. Broncos come down, kick another field goal. And the game just slipped away from them. I don't know if, I, I still don't think that this win and this little streak that they're on catapults the Broncos into this discussion. Mm-mm. But they're 500. You know, this was a team everybody thought was going to sell off any player they could. They're firmly in the hunt. The graphic is going to make its appearance Thanksgiving Day. It's going to be right there on your screen, everyone. It's- in the hunt, the Denver Broncos will be there. We always say, what's the first team that utters – if, if we win out, as soon as you hear a team say, if we win out, that's when you know they're not good. If we win out, we get in. We control our own destiny. Yeah, we have to win six games in a row, but we control our own destiny. Um, yeah, I make of this with Denver. They're, they're finding ways to compete when the quarterback is still limited, but you're seeing what a coach can do to max him out. Um, they look, they look, you know, at least they show up on offense. I just, how do you kick that many field goals? How? And this is coming from obviously somebody that may have invested in Denver minus one and a half, <laughs> maybe one touchdown somewhere along the way could help. 
anyway, to your point though, that give give them credit for how I, maybe you flip it. How do you lose to a team that kicks that many field goals? Like, but then again, how could you get mad at Minnesota playing with a guy right. that's there for three weeks and they don't have their number one receiver? You could go ahead and put him in coach of the year for me, Minnesota. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kevin O'Connell. He could if if he won that, I wouldn't. That wouldn't like he he deserves to be in the mix for that. Yeah, and if anybody is uh, moaning injuries and upset no, and crying and Justin no. Jefferson's on the sideline, the quarterback was three weeks. He's been there for three weeks. I I'll give Denver this though. Boy, that when when they gave up seventy points, thirty first oh, downs, seven hundred and twenty six yards, ten point two yards per play, one game in a game that dropped you to zero and three. Yep. They I mean, like to be was... in that place as a team, I mean, to get your this says everything about Sean Payton, right? To somehow get your players excited to wake up the next day to prepare for the next team. Not only that, they got, they've improved and improved. Yeah. They, they've shown, I mean, yeah. Remember they thought everybody thought their players were everybody every week, certain, certain, everybody's going for certain. No, they're not in the business of getting rid of good, good players like that yet. But we're probably not ready to put Denver there. So let's let's hear this, Jim. You can't say the Kansas City Chiefs because clearly the AFC Championship goes through Arrowhead. I love uh, that Adam Shine calls it the Arrowhead Invitational because they just host it every single year. That's really good because they do. So you, yeah. you know, they, they're going to host the conference championship game. I like that. You can't say Kansas City. Mm-mm. Who can you say? Which team gets to the Super Bowl if it's not the Chiefs? Well, the easy pick is Baltimore. It, it's about health and Lamar, their situation. So I would have to go Baltimore if, if I had to pick one. But you know who I have picked before the season, and I'll stick with it. If they, But they have to sneak into playoffs, so it's hard for me to say. But I still think if Buffalo sneaks in, be careful. Careful that wow. Josh Allen, that guy Josh Allen still is there. Jim Monas, you know, he's got that ax to grind. Add it again. Right, just picking the I, bills to get to the Super Bowl. I, I just believe in that quarterback too much. That's that's I'm a, I'm a sucker for a quarterback. Yeah, with a team that has to fight some internal battles with a defensive head coach managing these games and doing some strange things. Josh Allen is so damn good. I'm with you. That's well, all. I, that's all I'm good. not ready to to make the leap yet. I mean, if they do it against Philly. And or Kansas City, I'll probably join you and say, "Hey, if they get in the playoffs, I, I wouldn't be surprised." If, if well, that's the key. Get to a conference get championship. The, right. I don't want to pick them, and then they're not even make the playoffs. But we've never thought the offense was that much of a problem. I, no. I think it's the defense. Yeah. And now you've got some more injuries sprinkled in there, so I I can't get there yet. But Allen, yeah, it's he's fine. But he did throw another interception, Jim. So. Whew. Man, Fire Brady. Fire Brady. (laughs) 
Hail Mary interception at the end of the first half. You you got to fire the OC. I, I don't see any other answer for that. So I'm going to go with Jacksonville. I'm sticking with Jacksonville. I mean, that's a good pick. Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you? Like, they're, they're as good as anybody else. I'm with you on that. If you're not picking the Chiefs, they're in the mix. And it, it comes back to the theme that coaching matters. I think that Doug Peterson has yeah. such a feel for the ebbs and flows of a season. And similar to Andy Reid, will have his offense peaking at the right time. I think the defense has been better. San Francisco game, not standing. I know. The defense has been better than anybody thinks. I mean, Josh Allen, I don't think he's in that Miles Garrett MVP conversation, but the other Josh Allen, Jacksonville's Josh Allen, he's been on a terror. Like, you, you have a legitimate edge I mean, rusher the teams have to prepare for. Let's not think for a second if the Bills don't go on a run and Josh Allen is the reason they go on a run, he could, Josh Allen could possibly sneak into the MVP race if they're beating these teams that they're playing. And it's you're talking about the Bills, him. Josh Allen. Though. I'm talking about, I'm sorry about the Bills, Josh Allen. You made me think of that. He, if they go on this run, when you play these teams they're about to play, this is how you get into an MVP race. I don't care about the, nobody cares about the first half of the year. This is when it matters. So, I mean, there's always a possibility for him to get into that mix on a run. I mean, it would have to be a run, run. Like, but that's the point. This whole that's the whole point of this next part of the season. That's this is all the stuff that can happen now. It could. People fail to fail to mention that he was leading the league in passing touchdowns too, in addition to interceptions. Tyler, no, no, no. no. <laughs> what about that stat? Seventeen and one when he runs the ball at least ten times. This season, he hasn't run the ball 10 times once. Well, save it for the playoffs then. Probably need to unleash it, I would think. At some point. Probably. Fairly soon, yeah. All righty, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. We still, I know we bring it up, we've been bringing it up constantly. We've got to do a live show, Jim. Uh, get some people at Patty. Patty. Yeah, we'll talk to the boys, see what we can get going. Definitely still have some home games here in Western New York that we'll uh, map something out for. GoLongTD.com. All the stories right there. Working on some projects, Jim. Working on some some big stories here. The timing's got to be right. But I think this uh, might be one of, if not the biggest thing that we've worked on at GoLong. So I'll just say that. Leave the tease there. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you.